I'm actually going to talk about something. Um, elections are coming up. This is going to get me into trouble. Um, I'm going to I'm going to preach a little sermon at called "Socialism is Terrible Religion." Just hold on, just hold on, just hold on. You're like this. It's terrible religion. <laughs> Here's also the trick: capitalism is terrible religion too. But I'm just saying, like, everything is terrible religion, but Christianity. I'm just going to say that. There's only one God. There's only one Son of God that died for your sins. Um, Luke 11, Jesus says, "Open your heart and consider my words. Watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light." And I sense a great deal of fear uh, in the province and in the nation right now. On either side of any political spectrum, I feel a great fear of like where things are going. And as uh, children of God, you shouldn't be afraid of that. So, because God has a plan in all of this as well. In fact, I think even some of the decision making during COVID. Um, and I don't know which side of COVID you fall on, and I don't really care because that's not what it's about. Because God has the right to rule us and just like, hey, relax, everybody. Um, but the other side of that too is that it drove, it's driving people to churches in some regard too. I mean, look what God has done here. And I'm like, oh, there's something in this human soul now that knows like, oh my goodness, we trusted in some things that we shouldn't have trusted in. Maybe we need to trust in God because we put our trust in, uh, in institutions of men, whether government or healthcare or anything. Are there good people there? Of course there are, but they're people. They're not God. And so in our soul, there is a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. And you can't fill that with kids, and you can't fill that with your spouse, and you can't fill that with anything other than Christ. And so, um, but Jesus says, hey, watch out. And now, now if Jesus says, watch out, you're going to argue with him and be, and be like, watch out that you don't mistake your opinions for revelation light. And we're so arrogant, I think, just as humans. We're just arrogant, you know. Why would you trust anything that you say next? You know, I just want to... Your brain was in full agreement the last dumb thing you did. In fact, the dumbest thing you ever did, your brain was like, do it. 100%. It's great. It's going to work out. You know, my, my catchphrase for years was like, what's the worst that could happen? And I found out a lot of worse things can happen. You know, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, how bad could it be, right? That was my second catchphrase, right? And so there's this thing, and I'm thinking... My current favorite thing is how we've all forgotten how stupid we all got during COVID. And that was like a year ago. And we've just like put this into our like, uh, no, we weren't that dumb. And I'm like, no, we were though. Now, let, let me get into this a little bit because I know everybody's like, oh, no, he's church and politics, right? You know, what's really dangerous is when God's not in politics. That's a problem because governments can't help but but want to be God. In fact, you can't help but want to be God. You have a little God complex. And I'm going to explain why we do this. And I'm just going to warn you about some things, not because I'm afraid of some things, but I don't want anybody else whispering in your ear in the place that God whispers in your ear. So um, now social, socialism is just a system of government that has now become a religion to some. I don't think any system of government should become a religion ever, but it's like a car who's powered by a motor that has now taken on a religious mantle. So, so um, now when you take on a religious mantle, the reason that, that people do that, um, Christian parents used to do that, particularly in the 80s and 90s, because they didn't want to parent their kids. So rather than teach their kids about alcohol, they said God hates alcohol, but then the kids can read the Bible and they're like, Jesus turned water into wine. And then 
then what we had to hear in Christian schools was like, well, it was non-alcoholic wine. And we're like, but it says after the guests have well drunk, that doesn't even, was there even such a thing? You know what I'm saying? And so like, because we can read English words, right? And so we're reading the Bible and we're like, what? Right. And so what happens is parents took on the religious mantle. You got to be aware of taking on the religious mantle with your kids. Now they should obey you when they're young because you're mom and your dad and you're responsible, but you also answer to God for that, right? But you'd better also be able to explain yourself when they're old enough to think for themselves, because if you're a horrible hypocrite, then that's a problem. And so what parents in, in the generation that raised us, not my parents, but uh, many of my friends' parents is like alcohol is evil. Um, rock and roll is evil. Fun is basically evil because, you know, some of them came out of like, you know, the kids a little bit younger than me, their parents came out of the hippie movement. They'd done all the things and they're like, Hey, we just don't want our kids to make the same mistakes. So then what they did was they kind of picked up this religious mantle and said, like, don't do this. It's evil. God hates sarcasm. I mean, I could go on everybody, but so you pick up a religious mantle because a religious mantle is easy to, it's easy to play that card with your kids. Like obey dad, because like when your kids too, that's probably the message they need to hear. They don't need to be thinking and evaluating a lot. Two year olds don't really do that that well, but you need to teach them obedience first, but you better be able to explain yourself as time goes on because you're also answerable too. And they better see that you're so, but a religious mantle is like the reason that we take on a religious mantle. The reason that anybody takes a religious mantle on is because religious religions can't be evaluated. Right? So when God tells you to do something, Paul, he's not really looking for Paul's input. And what, what is a sin is for Paul to wait to obey God until he sees the result. It's a sin for Paul to evaluate God. Dr. Paul's a smart guy. He's a doctor, but he's not God. No offense. It's a religious mantle that he can use with his kids, but beware of the religious mantle because you're not God. And if you're wrong, have you left a place for yourself to be wrong or to be corrected or whatever that looks like? I took way too long to explain that. But um, now what I'm finding is not because socialism and capitalism, I mean, both are kind of faulty. Capitalism is like the ends, you know, justifies the means. Socialism, the type that we're hearing right now in Canada is not like, I don't think there's an ends or a means anymore at all. Because 30 or 40 years ago, what we were doing was using two different types of ideologies to get us to this place where we, where we turn out healthy, happy, productive adults with a great society. That's not what we're trying to get to anymore. I think either side maybe is trying to get to. And, and I, I have to separate like governmental thinking. And what I want to say is that when religious ideologies slip in and religious languages slip in, that's where you as a Christ follower have to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's where you stop. You don't get to say things. Now, as soon as the word right and wrong or love and hate are introduced, that is a, now we're talking about moral, morals and ethics. Does that make sense? So watch what happened in COVID. How did they get quick compliance? Well, if you love somebody, this is what you're going to do. And as a religious leader, I'm like, that's alarming. Telling us, telling religious leaders, we'd have phone calls with government leaders and healthcare telling us what love and hate is and telling us what right and wrong is. I'm like, yeah, but the religious people remember what your governments have done through the past thousands of years. Like the religious leaders remember, in fact... Our parents fled from some of those governments on either side of those concepts. So concepts are not holy as far as governments 
our concern because it's all the only right government, which is what we're trying to build is called the kingdom of God, where God has the final say in everything and God rules and God decides what's right and wrong. So as soon as somebody's like, right, this is right. And this is wrong. They might be correct in the sense of when they align themselves to heaven's morality, but when they don't, and they're just making it up as they go, because here's today's current religion, I think is momentary happiness. So we're not even concerned about 10 years from now or 20 years from now. It's like momentary happiness. What makes me happy right now? What makes my kids happy right now? And I'm like, well, that's not future oriented at all. That has nothing to do with the future. And that has nothing to do with your kids' future happiness either. And so I I just want to kind of expose some of these uh, things here. Because what's happening is religious ideologies and language are slipping in. And they're now passengers in this car that's like a way of doing government. But the trouble is any way of doing government or way of running a business, way of running a family... As soon as it gets outside the realm of evaluation, right? Everything gets evaluated on this earth by a judge called God. And as soon as something slips out of that and like, you dare not evaluate this because this is right. Now we're in the realm of religion, right? Now we're in the realm of morality. Well, the real question is who gets to decide what's right and wrong? Am I like stirring the pot here, you guys? You're just going to get it like straight kind of how I'm thinking about this right now, because I'm tired of political parties and I'm tired of anybody who dips their toe into religion and starts using a mantle of religion to create compliance because every government will be evaluated. Every you at work will be evaluated. How you parent will be evaluated. We'll see it in about 15 years. We'll know you will be evaluated. You are human. You are imperfect. The only one who is unevaluated is God. I'm enjoying this Um, because we were just in Cuba. So I got to see socialism too. And I'm like, when socialism becomes a religion, I want to tell some of the young and now older Canadians, which worries me a little bit, who have, who have, who are following socialism or any ideology from government as if it's religious, as if it's like, has the right to decide. I'm like, go to Cuba and you live there for a year with the people. And see, I was talking with a Cuban man in his village, and he's like, I'm worried right now what my neighbors are thinking, what's, what we're talking about. Because it's this peer pressure of like, oh, well, this ideology is going to harm the state, and this is going to... Go there and see. Um, there's so many things I want to say. Socialism has some, uh, there's some good ideas and, and I think because American capitalism has been so extreme, we've gotten more and more socialistic here in Canada, um, particularly when, when Mr. Trump was president and we got more and more kind of swinging into this area here. But I'm going to explain to you a couple of things that, that worry me a little bit. Now I'm not telling you who to vote for. I don't really care, but I want you to think about the vote a little differently than just like economics or Because I think what's happening now is religious ideologies are slipping in there and saying, like, if you love people, you'll vote for us. Because I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That that remains to be seen and remains to be evaluated yet. Now, um, forty years ago, when our grandparents or great grandparents came here, they thought that happiness belonged to the Lord. A lot of them. Now we're in this place. See, then it was like happiness belongs to the Lord. 
Happy are those whose God is the Lord. You know, ergo, unhappy are those whose God is their own happiness. And that's where we're sort of at right now. So we're trying to leverage things to make ourselves happy right now that are not going to lend itself. Because look, purpose and destiny, you have to sacrifice today's happiness and you have to invest some things. You have to discipline your body if you want to get healthy. Like you've got to sacrifice things that will make you sad, like getting on that treadmill today. It makes you sad. It makes your soul sad. But it makes you feel good after because it's an investment in your future happiness. And also, nobody can make you unhappy, by the way. Not if God is your God. I don't mean you're not going to have, in this world you will have troubles, but be of good cheer. Jesus says, I've overcome the world. And so, um, this thing is all over the place. This is why First Wednesdays are great. Because I don't have to be all, like, polished. There's some things that I don't like about... the way that we're thinking about some of what we're creating right now. Okay, here's a non-socialistic idea that we find in the Bible. The Word of God says, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Okay, socialism, the way that we're playing it out right now is like, hey. So it's, it's saying like, but then God also says, feed the poor. But so is he then not saying, but don't feed the lazy poor. Right? Be careful how you're thinking about this because God wrote the book on healing poor people and you didn't. And you don't know how you, where, how you think it's going to lead in 30 years because what we might just do is create more and more poor nations. And your ideologies that you're thinking of right now and your, our, our little pseudo comfortable, safe. Well, if you lived in other nations, you came from other nations, you probably have a way better grip on this than we have. But the word of God is like, hey, teach your kids to work hard and teach them how to fish. Give them a fish, but teach them how to fish. But then if they don't fish, you're like, well, yeah, but some people grow up and be careful how you think about poor nations that you've never been to yet. Or maybe go talk to somebody from a poor nation because they, the way they're thinking about this is going to be way different than the way we think about this. So my parents have done loads and loads and loads of missions work. And you're like, okay, so you know what's great is when wealthy countries like ours can help them start businesses and can give them capital that they're never going to get. Like the humans, they will not get capital like you have that really costs us very, very little in the grand scheme of our lives and can bless them so very much there. And so this idea of like, hey, there are brothers and we're not going to see our brothers in need. However, faith is faith and God's principles are God's principles. And if giving a tenth to God is good morality and good faith and brings back God's blessings on your life here, then it does it there too. Well, you can't ask them to do that. God asked them to do that. Or you could say like, if I've been hurt so much, I can't forgive because I've been hurt so much. And God's like, you'll still be in prison. It's just going to be, have thicker bars on it. And you're like, well, God doesn't know. God doesn't know. What being hurt is like. I just, I want to, I want to push you out of, because here's what worries me right now. The news that we're watching has agendas attached to it. 
Can I just say this? Like, why, why do I feel bad about saying this as a pastor? The CBC is owned by the Liberal Party. It is owned by a political party. I'm not saying don't watch the CBC. I'm like, it is owned, but like, what is it? 70%? 69%? By the a Liberal Party. It has been for years. And most young people have no concept of this whatsoever. You are hearing a message with an agenda attached to it when you turn on the TV. And if you're on the other side politically, then there are other, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just information. You know why I stayed sane? And I got to say this about myself. I was a pretty good leader in COVID. You know why? You know why? Oh, stop. Stop. Let me let you in on a little secret about how great I was a leader. You know, you're like, oh, pastor's so arrogant. You know what? No, no, no. I just didn't think I was smart enough to watch the news. So I didn't. I didn't watch any news. I just lived in the world around me and tried to help people and read the Bible. You're like, the Bible doesn't understand about plagues. I'm like, are you kidding me? I just started looking in the Bible. I'm like, pestilence that walks in darkness and war zones. Oh, my goodness. The scriptures are written in times that, unless you came from Rwanda, you have no concept of the times that the scriptures are written in. Don't tell me that. You're saying COVID wasn't a thing. No, it was a thing, but it, it was nothing compared to what other nations have been dealing with this entire time. So it just was one more nail in the coffin of what they were already dealing with. And so what worries me is that political ideologies and parties are tied to votes and that's tied to public opinion, but it's not even public opinion anymore. What's happening is they're catching, they're catching us because this is how proud we are. We think we're smarter than what we listen to. You think you're smarter than who you listen to. And where did all of this sin come from? Was Eve listening to a serpent? And where was Adam? Do the serpents in your garden, Adam. Why is he talking to your wife? Why are you listening to your wife when the Lord clearly said, you think you're smarter than who you listen to, but you're a human. And that's why it's important. We've got to start like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right and wrong? Easy. That lies in the realm of heaven. Good and evil? Heaven. Love and hate? heaven. This is where when socialism becomes religion or anything becomes religion, except for religion, this is where we get into trouble because the goal end goal of God is for you to find your destiny, which is to connect with God and people. And you can't connect with God and people till you connect somebody else with God and people. There's your destiny. There's health and happiness right there. Right now, the goal is personal happiness in the moment. So this is, this is now what's passing for morality right now and passing somehow for wisdom, but wisdom is evaluated by her children. So my daughter, Neela came to me the other day and she said, dad, I'm going to start identifying as a rodent. <laughs> this is what a different religion now is telling me, well, don't hurt her feelings. Lie to her. Because don't you want her to love you? 
Don't you want her to be happy? Now I'm in a place where I have to decide whether I'm going to risk her displeasure because I'd be like, (laughs) I'll be like, baby, I love you, but you're not a rat. But I want to be a rat. And I'm like, baby, I love you. And I don't care about that because you're not a rat. 20 years from now, that's not going to work out. You're not going to be happy 20 years from now. Katie came and she's like, dad, I'm not happy that I have five fingers on my left hand. And I'm not happy today, so I'm going to either subtract some or add some. <laughs> because I'm not happy. I'm like, well, A, that's not going to make you happy. Because the number of fingers on your hands, or how God designed you, is not the reason that you're not happy. Happy are those whose God is the Lord. Happy are those whose, happy are those whose God is the Lord. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. Israel got into all of this trouble because there was no king in Israel and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And that's what we're doing right now. I worry about any ideologies that lie to children and say that that's okay. Because we're afraid of not being liked by our children. I think we need to grow up and be like, oh, baby, no, I love you, but that's not who God made you to be. You have a little boy and you're like, when I grow up, I want to marry mom. No. (laughs) What I'm praying for in political leaders are people who's Answer to the Lord. I'm praying for people who align themselves to the Lord's morality. I'm praying for people that protect the next generation coming up. I'm praying for people that are not going to sacrifice children on the altar of whatever mood we happen to be in. I'm going to pray for those who can stand up and do what's actually right instead of making it up to get my vote. You know what my secret sauce was in COVID? Praying. Just going and just praying and putting worship music on and then watching my pastor Peter and his response to some key things. And I just did that. And I maintained my sanity. You must be amazing. It's not really that difficult. I think we have to be childlike and stop being so childish. And how we're doing this. Just be childlike. And a child doesn't really worry. We're just like, hey, God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want me to do today? Is there somebody at work I need to talk to today? Is there somebody? Now, the other side of this, too, is you don't go and get on a soapbox and be the crazy Christian who just goes and yells at everybody, and like, yeah, because that super wins people, and, you know, like, and then come to my church. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. But because you have to understand, the religion has changed to personal happiness in the moment. Of course, people are confused, but. If you go after that, the devil will lie to you and lie to you and lie to you, and he'll never fulfill any of his promises. He'll parade himself like God, like he can. Now, here's what I'm saying. I'm not making a play for socialism or or capitalism in the sense. But what I am saying is that the socialist mantle that is being picked up right now is, is they're playing the religion card a lot more, and that's what worries me a little bit. 
is because that is not taking the future into account and it's not taking uh, evaluation as much into account. And that worries me. That's it's immature in its leadership and its mentality. So I would dig back a little bit into some of that because there's the other side of that, that the environment does matter and capitalism and all of the things. But I'm saying, let's take our cues from all of this, from like feeding the poor according to the word of God, that if God blesses you with wealth, feed the poor because that's who you're responsible for. It's not for you either. And take care of people. And is this making sense to you as well? Um, and why should I, as a Christ follower and as a servant of Christ, feel worried about talking to a bunch of Christians about this? But I can feel it. It's like an intimidation. Well, somebody's going to watch this and then they're going to freak out and they're going to. Why? It's a pretty weak religion that says, you have to agree with me to love me. No. People who were nothing like Jesus, like Jesus, and Jesus liked them. And yet he'd said, oh, go and sin no more because that's not going to help. And Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you there. And so there's this thing that we just have to like, but listen, people chasing personal happiness, it's devastating to live like that. You used to live like that. It's just devastating. It eats your soul away because happy are those whose God is the Lord. Happy are those who serve in the house of the Lord. Happy are those who know who they are and where they come from and where they're going. Happy are those with a big dad. And um, yeah. See, government even if it claims morality on any side of it, because I know that both parties are kind of playing this card because it sort of worked in COVID as well. And so be careful because governments can't change a heart and governments can't write injustice on a large scale. You have to understand that historically speaking, if you look back when changes were made in the world and, and injustice was righted and good happened, it happened because God gave a vision to a person, a leader, and God called a people to them to follow. That is how every social change on a big scale, you think about Martin Luther King, you, come on, you think about like the rights. It is not that everybody in society wakes up one day and like gets out of bed and is like, you know what we should do? We should stop acting like a bunch of idiots and rid the nation of slavery. Not that Canada was, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just like, that is not how social change happens. That everybody wakes up and decides that like, hey, we've come to a heart change together. No, it's God calls a person and God calls a people to the person. And they lead Moses. I mean, like look through the Bible, look through any social change that has happened. God gives a vision to somebody. Somebody's like, hey, we got to fix this. And then it rises up. And so beware messages that try to step on the visionaries and the leaders and the people who would spend their lives and die for our cause to fix it. Beware anything that won't allow itself to be evaluated by its children. Wisdom is evaluated by its children. Well, then your results ought to speak for yourselves. And that is where we have to get into the back into this place where we're like, actually government, you answer to us, but more importantly, you answer to God. And that's going to be a problem for you. But represent no, 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 the heart of God, but lead us in the way that's right. Not lead us in a way that you think we'll vote for right now because it sounds nice. 
Okay, I'm just about done. Oh, I didn't get through most of my notes, but... Oh, my goodness. I, I was going to say a bunch of stuff. Look, I get it. I get it. Um, it'd be nice if we didn't have to explain ourselves anymore. But when I, even when I'm arguing the case for Christ, I can't just go and say to somebody, believe. They're like, well, I don't. You know what I have to talk about? I have to talk about what God has done in my life. I'd be like, no, but you should come meet God because then all these amazing things happen to me. You know, look at my life. And then you come, you know, it's like Jesus' message. Like, come and see. Come and see. Um, oh, my goodness. Ooh, so many things. Oh, so many things I wanted to say. Oh. I don't know. Sunday's a lot. I've, I can't even say it to, here today, I think so. So here's what subconsciously, men and women and children... This is really the reason why I won't speak truth to my child is because if I speak truth to my child and evaluate them, then naturally I have to be evaluated by somebody who is above me, right? By people we, Christ followers would say, by people that God has placed in your life to make judgments in your life, to help you, to correct you, to praise you when you do well. And, um, it becomes a game of blackmail because if I let her do whatever she wants, then I get to do whatever I want. And that's just, it's not even leadership. It's just selfishness. And that's why we don't hold each other accountable and be like, actually, you can't act like that in this home. You need to act like Jesus. And when I don't act well, I need to be like, that wasn't like Jesus. And that's on me. But if I let you do it, then maybe I get to. And we're just in this, you know, we're just a nation of guilty people right now who feel guilty all the time. And it didn't need to be like that. You don't need to live in guilt. Guilt is there for one reason, to repent. But if there's no lawmaker, then there's no need to repent. And then you'll just be guilty forever and lash out and try to like make everybody agree with you all the time. It's exhausting. And manipulation only makes you feel good for like a little bit. And then you feel guilty about that. Rather, let us come to God tonight and let the Lord judge us. And be like, you got to ask the question. you got to be like, oh, what do you think about some of the things I'm doing right now? you got to open yourself up and be like, hey, but you're the judge. And what you'll do is, is you'll bring judgment and guilt. And uh, it's always corrective to restore relationship. Because where we're going right now in society is so much sin is getting involved that sin separates relationships. And we're going to a place where it's like you'll hit a wall and then there'll be no relationship anymore. But the reason that God corrects us is because, hey, we can't have this in a relationship. This is not how healthy families operate. So let's get that unhealthiness out of you. Does that make sense? Because some of us, can I say this? Some of us are Christians in church, but we're not really Christians at home yet. And some of us are Christians maybe at home, but you're not a Christian at work and if people would look at you and the language that comes out of your mouth, they wouldn't even know. In fact, they'd be like, ooh. Um, why? Because wisdom is evaluated by her children. And so what we need to do is we need to be one person everywhere, and that person needs to be answerable to the Lord. And as we're going forward, even into elections, here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to pray for our civic leaders here, I would like you to, here's one thing that you could do to, you, could you pray for the spiritual leaders in Venue Church? 
Pray for a small group leader. Pray for Pastor Aaron. I pray for people that are in leadership here. Like we, souls hang in the balance. It weighs a lot. We don't want to make bad decisions. We don't want to be sinful people. But the other side of that is start praying for people. Lord, I pray for this person running in this. Father, I pray for, because you can sit there and be angry. I mean, look, I get we're Alberta and we probably don't, you know, love Mr. Trudeau. But here's what I would say. Just here's what, <laughs> well, how did he know? <laughs> or maybe you do. And maybe you, but listen, you can't hate people and profess Christianity at the same time. So we got to like love and pray for their families and pray for forgiveness. And if they've made bad decisions, I don't think anybody made great decisions. Go forgive and like, Lord, we forgive the wrong decisions. But Lord, I pray for their family. I pray that they would have a Christian friend who goes to church. And I pray that their kid would get a Christian friend who goes to Sunday school. And I pray that, and let's start like doing what church people are supposed to be doing. And that is like praying for those who are in authority over us and blessing them. I mean, look, if Paul can write to the, to the, <laughs> to the Romans about unjust governments. Guys, we've got to be able to like lift our eyes up a little more, but he also wouldn't let Rome make moral decisions over the church of God. And so there's this uh, thing, like let's pray that God be God in our nation again. Let's pray that people would fear, uh, fear the Lord and fear evil. And come on up, worship team. Um, yeah. We're going to take communion right now. And um, as we take communion... Because, look, everybody here heard, heard me say I was going to vote for a party or the other party or whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is I'm bringing a greater question into play that we need to be more concerned about and greater prayers that we need to pray about that as well. Because um, I don't... Can I say this? Can I just say this? Why would you trust government anywhere? It's full of people. You know who I would trust? the kingdom of God. And that is found in one place on earth and that is the church. I know the church is full of flawed people. I could get into all of that. But listen, what a, happy are those people whose God is the Lord. And so I'm not going to unwittingly just trust everything that I hear from any political leader ever. I'm going to trust God implicitly and I'm going to obey my spiritual authorities completely and let God worry about the results. But what I'm, I'm not going to do is I'm not going to give that mantle to somebody that God didn't give it to over me. Does that make sense? So. See, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed something that made him different than the power struggle down here. He prayed... Because all his disciples thought that he was going to free them from Rome, but he didn't. Christ follower, he didn't. Because Rome wasn't the problem. The government is not the problem. Sin is the problem. The government's sin is not the problem. Our sin is the problem. And Jesus came to free them from themselves. Because once you're free then, who can take your freedom away? Once you're free from the power of the devil over your life, who can take that away? Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said something that we need to adopt right now. He said, God, basically, let this cup pass from me, the, the cross. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. God, I am praying for a government that does not sacrifice children on the altar of our pride. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I wouldn't have chosen COVID and the mess that it made of society 
Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I see now that many people are coming to Christ. I wouldn't have chosen the path. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. God, what do you need me to do today? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If it means a cross, Christ follower, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Would you take the the, the bread and, and uh, do you know how to do that? The top layer is the wafer there. Try not to spill grape juice on yourself. More importantly, try not to spill it on the new chairs. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. God, if my marriage works out, that would be great. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. There is a greater salvation on the other side of pain and suffering. And there's a greater salvation on the other side of anything that has happened. And God is able to turn evil to good. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. This is our kingdom. And we have a king and he knows best. No other voice can save our nation. Even if your political party gets in, our nation's going to be a mess until God is God of our nation again. You could take the best out of everything and every civic leader and it wouldn't matter because only God leads like God leads. Only God can change hearts. Only God can bring peace. Only God can heal a nation. 